Well, welcome <clears throat> to week number five on uh, to in what on earth am I here for? And um, I hope that, that you've had the opportunity to be reading along with us uh, this morning. If you read today's uh, uh, chapter, uh, you'll find a, a, a number of things that I'm going to be sharing with you to be quite familiar to you. Well, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, and from the time I was very young, I was an Elvis fan. Any other Elvis fans in, in the crowd this morning? Yeah, yeah, I see those hands. That's great. Um, and, uh, and along with being a fan, I, I would sometimes try to imitate him, you know. And uh, I just never could get that upper right side of my upper lift to go up, you know, like he could do and, and make it look cool. I just would make it look stupid. And um, I, I never could get my legs to shake quite like he could get his legs to shake. <laughs> Even when he got, he got, he got fatter and, and older, I, I, I still never could get quite that limber to be able to do what he was able to do. What a, um, what a huge tragedy that he died in a fog of prescription drugs at the age of 42. Elvis, no doubt, had a spiritual side, I believe, but mostly spiritually restless. Proved out by an interview with his wife, Priscilla, when she said this about her husband. Elvis never came to terms with who he was meant to be or what his purpose in life was. He thought he was here for a reason, maybe to preach, maybe to serve, maybe to save, maybe to care for people. That agonizing desire was always with him, and he knew he wasn't fulfilling it. So he'd go on stage, and he wouldn't have to think about it. Did you hear what she said? He never came to terms with who he was meant to be or what his purpose in life was. During these 40 days, my, my prayer is that we might all be coming to terms with what God's purpose in our life, what his purpose says in our lives are. What we've been learning is that there are five different purposes that God has for us, and today we look at the fourth one, and that is that you are called to serve God. You were called to serve God. Let's look at that memory verse once again that we looked at earlier. Thank you, Michelle, for leading us in that. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Again, you don't have to do signs, all right? Just remember them as, as, we, as I walk through this. For we are his workmanship, having been created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand so that we may do them. We are God's workmanship, his workmanship. That word in the original language looks like and sounds like our word poem. It's poema. It refers to, the, it's, so in essence, he's saying you are a work of art. In fact, one translation has it, you are God's masterpiece, his masterpiece. You are unique. There's nobody like you in the entire world. And he says you were created uniquely in Christ Jesus for the purpose of good works. That's ministry. He prepared those even before you were born. You know, the, the Bible word for ministry is the same word as service. Your good works are called your service, your ministry. They are the way that you help and bless other people. God puts you in this world to serve. The, the fact is we are all ministers. If someone ever asks you the question, how many ministers do you have there at Southern Hills? The answer is you know, around 1,000. <laughs> We are all ministers. Every Christian, every member is a minister. 
That is your life calling. That's the fourth purpose that God has for you. It doesn't matter what kind of work you do, as long as it's legal and ethical. <laughs> Whether you're a truck driver, an attorney, a custodian, an accountant, a farmer, a teacher, a hospice worker, a homemaker, or a deal maker. If you are a Christian, you are to do that work for two reasons. To help others and to serve God. Plain and simple. The Bible says it like this, Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Again, he says, what? whatever you do. I can help my neighbor fix his fence. I, I can help a, a, a co-worker jumpstart his car. I, I can take out the garbage. Whatever I do, I can do to help others and serve God. Last October, <clears throat> I had the privilege to participate in, in a, a, a unique retreat with a, a small group of pastors uh, just outside Charleston, South Carolina. Our host was a guy named Greg Surratt, who was the founder and longtime pastor of, of a well-known church in that area called Seacoast Church. Well, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott is a member of that church. And Surratt shared with us how one day he, he was walking one afternoon through the, the lobby of, of their enormous worship center, and, and there standing in front of the door of one of the huge restrooms there was one of the custodians who kind of looked like he was guarding the door, and Surratt asked him, he said, is everything okay? He said, yes. He said, Senator Scott is in there. And Senator Scott was not in there to use the bathroom. Senator Scott was in there to clean the bathroom. Clean the bathroom. Surratt asked him later, he said, why did you do that? And Scott's reply was, well, not only, not only does it help to keep me humble, but he says it also reminds him that even the most meaning, menial tasks can be meaningful when they are done out of love for God. Everything in your life, when you do it with the right motivation, can become a ministry. Everything you do to help others honor God. That means that everything you do in life has significance. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 says this, God in His grace chose me even before I was born and called me to serve Him. The Bible is talking about your salvation there. You were called to Christ, and, and in being called to Christ, you were also called to serve, saved in order to serve. You know, one of the most powerful lessons that we have been learning from our reading of The Purpose Driven Life goes back to that very first line in the book. You remember what it said? It's not about you. It is not about you. Friends, when life gets most gimped up is when you get stuck in the rut of always thinking that it's about me, myself, and I about how you need to be served. However, amazing things happen in your life when you finally realize that it's not about you. When you change your focus from self to service, from it's all about me to it's all about serving God and others. One of those amazing things is that you start having more joy in your life. Have you experienced that? 
more joy in your life. I, you know, I was curious and, and Googled this question the other day. How can you be more joyful? How can you be more happy in life? And all kinds of, of things popped up. And here's just some of the stellar advice that I found there. Focus on the positive. Celebrate the little victories. Surprise yourself. That's all it said. Surprise yourself. <laughs> Hang out with happy people. Stop pursuing joy and start expressing it. Smile. And then right for that one it said, remind yourself to smile. <laughs> and then there was the result of a Harvard study where they followed the graduating class from 1980 for decades. And they said, and the result of the study was this, happiness comes from choosing to be happy with whatever you do, strengthening your closest relationships and taking care of yourself physically, financially, and emotionally. Now, I was having fun with some of that, but even though you weren't having that much fun with me, but anyway. Um, now, if, if you dig deep enough, there is a little bit of helpfulness and all that stuff, but in general, it's a bunch of poppycock. It's a bunch of poppycock, but that's where our culture is coming from. Our society says it is all about you, that if you want to be happy, if you want to have joy, then it has to be all about you. But that is not how God has wired us. It is not how he has created us. It is not about you. He has designed us such that it is only when you give your life away that real joy begins to flow in and through your heart. Jesus served. He gave himself away to others. So if you really want more joy in life, get the focus off yourself and upon others, and upon God. Philippians chapter 2, verse 17, is a great example from the Apostle Paul as he shares his heart. He says, my life is being poured out. He's, he's, he's given away his life. My life is being poured out as a part of the sacrifice and service I offer to God for your faith. Speaking of the church at Philippi. Yet, he says, I am filled with joy, and I share that joy with all of you. See, the more self-focused you are, the less joyful you will be. To the contrary, the most happy people are those that are the most helpful people. So if you lack joy, guess what? Start serving. Start serving. And not just once a quarter, not just a couple of times a year, but every week, every week in service to others. Because otherwise, as a Christian, you'll start getting what I call the yucks. You know what the yucks are? The yucks are what you start to feel in your mind and your heart and soul and gut when you go long periods of time without doing anything to unselfishly serve others. It's a form of spiritual constipation, all right? That's it. When all you're doing is taking in all the time, because you're focused on just yourself, and you're never giving anything out. If you want more joy, if you want to avoid the yucks, take the focus off yourself and start serving. And when you use your gifts to serve, your joy will be multiplied. 
Now, now what do I mean by your gifts? I'm not talking about re-gifting what you got for Christmas, all right? I mean, when you serve, use both what are called your spiritual gifts and your natural gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from this great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. You see, when you become a Christian, the Spirit of Christ comes into your life, and He gives you God-empowered abilities, special God-empowered abilities for the purpose of serving others and serving Him. Along with, he, he's, he not only gifted you spiritually like that, but He also has given you natural abilities. He's given you a unique heart, particular passions. Again, natural abilities, all along with a unique personality as well as life experiences. I mean, it's like he's, he makes you a, a pool of living resources that they can all be used for the purpose of serving others. Now, you're going to be reading all about that this week in the Purpose Driven Life book, about how God, again, has uniquely shaped you with those five elements. Uh, the, uh, shape, we use the word shape as an acrostic, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your natural abilities, your personality, your life experiences, again, all for the purpose of serving. Now, how many of you have ever seen the, the film, uh, it was an Academy Award winning film back in about 1980, Chariots of Fire? Chariots of Fire? If you've never seen that movie, it is well worth a watch. It, it, it's really not a, not a dated kind of a film. It, it's a true story that focuses on two British runners back in the 1924 Olympics, one of whom was Eric Little, who was nicknamed the Flying Scotsman. Oh, Little's family were missionaries in China, and they were having a hard time waiting on him to, to join them. And so at one point, his sister comes to him to try to talk him out of what he's doing. You know, give up this silly running stuff and come join us and, and do something that, that's really meaningful. Well, he tells her that he cannot do that. He knows that what he's doing is what God wants him to do. And as he explains that to her, he says to her, he says, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. When I run, I feel God's pleasure. Do you hear what he's saying there? He's saying God has shaped me to serve him in this way. And he made a tremendous impact for Christ as a result. Friends, if you want to feel God's pleasure in your life, if you want his joy to flow in and through your heart, use your gifts to serve him. And when you do that, there's a couple of things that might surprise you in the process. One of those is that you'll be surprised at how much better your relationships become. You see, what's the main problem in relation? When you experience conflict in relationships, what's the biggest issue generally? Is it not self-centeredness? I mean, you want what you want, and you want it when you want it. That approach to life can lead to some serious conflict in relationships. But the more you unselfishly serve others, the better your relationships will will become. Plain and simple. And how do you learn to become less selfish? That goes back to what we learned last week in in the third purpose. You need to become more like Jesus. You learn to be unselfish by becoming like him. 
Jesus said in Matthew 20, 28, Your attitude must be like my own, for I, the Messiah, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. See, when you take on the attitude of Jesus and you begin to live your life not for yourself, but to help others and to honor God, your relationships can't help but improve. Romans chapter 14, verse 18. If you serve Christ in this way, you will please God and be respected by people. Think about that. If you want to be respected and liked by people, serve them. And most of the time, we, we, we find ourselves moping around thinking that nobody cares about us or waiting for someone else to show interest in you instead of showing interest and care in others first. Another surprise that you'll discover is how much more meaningful your life becomes. You find the most meaning in life by giving your life away. Doesn't make sense in the world's eyes. Doesn't make sense in Harvard's eyes. <laughs> the most meaning in life is found by giving your life away. Jesus said it like this, Mark 8, 35. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. True life, again, comes from giving your life away every day. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. Always give yourself fully. That word literally means not half-hearted. Don't be half-hearted about this. Get all in. And then don't miss that last phrase in that verse. He says, your work in the Lord is never wasted. Literally means empty. It means without purpose, useless. In other words, he's saying that everything you do for Christ has purpose. It has meaning. It has significance. To you, it may seem like it's insignificant. It may seem like no one else even knows about it. But it has a purpose. It's important. Remember, what did Jesus say? That not even a cup of cold water given in his name will be forgotten by God. But that cup of cold water given in his name will be remembered by God and rewarded in eternity. God sees it all. Let me ask, how much do you really want to do something great in your life? How much do you really want to be great? Did you know that Jesus told us how to be great? He didn't make it a secret. He, this is how he says to be great. Matthew 20, verse 26. Whoever wants to become great must first make himself a servant. <laughs> you become great by serving others. So what's holding you back? What's holding you back from serving? You know, it, it may be that, that you're new to the faith and you feel like you're still trying to get everything figured out. And maybe you're thinking you've got to know more about the Bible before you can, can really volunteer to serve. No, you do not have to be a Bible scholar in order to be able to serve, whether that's in the life of the church or even out in the community where, the, where there's a need that needs to be addressed by God's people. In fact, sometimes it's in the process of serving that you learn more about the Bible. Many times that's the case. Most of the time that's the case. 
Or maybe you're thinking, how could Almighty God possibly need my help? Well, that, that, that is a good question. But the fact is, is God, God miraculously chooses to include us as partners in the process of serving others and serving with our community, serving our city, serving in our world. That's a privilege that he gives us because he wants us to have this joy that we've been talking about, the joy that we have in partnering with him, serving in this world. Or, or maybe you feel like you're just too busy right now to serve. Friends, <clears throat> you, know, you know the old adage, you know how that goes. If you're too busy to serve, you're just too busy. Plain and simple. But here's how God works. If you will make time to work for him, if you will make time to work for him, he will make time work for you. One more time. If you will make time to work for him, he will make time work for you. By that, I mean that as you choose to bless others by serving, God will bless you by making your time more productive. All those things that you thought you had to get done that just made you too busy to be able to volunteer to serve in any capacity and do anything else beyond that because you just didn't have enough time, God says, hey, trust me in this. If you will serve, if you will step out to serve, I will make you much more productive in all those things, whatever all those things are. It's an amazing thing that God does when he blesses in that way. But then some of you may also be hesitant to serve because you don't know how or don't know where you should serve. Well, we want to help you with that. So on, on two different nights coming up after, right after spring break, on Wednesday night, March the 23rd, March the 30th, 6.30 to 8 p.m., I'm going to lead a class on helping you discover how God has shaped you personally for ministry. We'll be looking at your spiritual gifts. We'll be looking at your unique heartbeat, your unique heart, your unique passions. We'll be looking at your unique abilities, your personality, your life experiences, all of those things which God is, is using in your life, again, as a, as a living resource for serving other people, for blessing others. You can capture that on the, on the QR code that's on the screen right there and register or you can register out in the lobby or we'll be sending out an email shortly after the service. There'll be a link there you can click on to register as well. We'd love to have you on those nights. Elvis Presley felt like he was here to do something with his life. But he never figured it out. Never figured it out. In stark contrast to that is the story of another superstar. Those of you that are football fans, this is a name that you'll recognize. He is a superstar in in, in your mind. Those of you that don't follow football, let me tell you who he is. His name is Cooper Cup. Cup is a receiver for the Los Angeles Rams, and he was the most valuable player in the Super Bowl just a couple of weeks ago. Most valuable player. In a press conference after the game, he tried to explain that, that because he found his identity in Jesus Christ, that he was able to play this entire year with tremendous freedom. Because he had discovered that, that his worth, his validation was not measured by wins and losses, but it was measured only by the unconditional love of God in Christ. 
And this is what he said. What God has taught me is that you will find that you are most fulfilled and you'll find the most joy when you are rooted in your purpose, specifically rooted in his purpose for you. I should have just let him preach this sermon, right? (laughs) That to me, he said, has been one of the best things about this year. My motivation for coming in to every for coming in every single day is to run the race in such a way that honors God with the passions and the talents that He's given me. And when I'm rooted in that, I'm in a great place. I'm able to play freely. I'm able to love my teammates. I'm able to be a better man, a better football player, a better husband, a better father. Cooper Cup does have it figured out, right? My prayer for all of us during these 40 days is that if we haven't already, that we might all figure this out to know exactly what God's purposes for all of our lives are each and every day. As he prepares us for life with him in eternity. So let me invite you to discover the joy that is found in giving your life to serve God and to serve others. Let's pray. Father, what an awesome privilege it is for us as your people to be invited, to be called, to be designed by you to serve, to give of ourselves in the same way as our Lord Jesus gave of himself to serve you, to serve others, to make a difference in this world. Lord, I pray that where there has been any hesitation on the part of anyone that is in this room or that's watching online this morning, that today would be the day I say, Lord, I'm I'm laying aside all my excuses, and I'm ready to serve you. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.